Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. All right, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to episode 154 of the Habs 360 podcast for this Saturday, November 14th, 2015. I'm Chris G at Chris G1980. And as always, lots going on in the world of the Montreal Canadiens. As they get ready to face the Colorado Avalanche tonight, a 7.30 Eastern start, the Avalanche with their head coach, Patrick Qua, are uh, in town. So we'll be talking about that game in a couple of moments. As we found out this morning, there will be a couple of lineup changes for the Canadians, a couple of interesting ones. So we're going to tackle that in a couple of uh, moments. And congratulations we found out as well this morning that Tori Mitchell, he's a papa for a second time, gave birth to Emma, their second, uh, their second child. Canadians have a record of 13-2-2, and so that makes 28 points after 17 games played. And well, just like it's been since the beginning of the season, it puts them first place across the board in the division, in the conference, and in the league. New York Rangers... They're close behind. They're two points behind the Montreal Canadiens, and they have a game in hand, and it is a game that is being played uh, as we speak. 
And according to a sportsclubstats.com, Canadians have a 99.7% chance of making the playoffs and a 20.1% chance of winning the Stanley Cup. So those are great odds for uh, the Canadians. And it's a 42.8% chance of winning the uh, President's Trophy. Well, Habs 360, interactive, informative podcast. There's many ways you can reach us via Twitter at Habs360. You can also give us a toll-free call at 1-877-455-4945. And well, if you're listening to us live, you can, from your computer, go to Block Talk Radio at the bottom of the page and you'll be able to chat with us. And a shout-out right now to Wayne, who's listening to us from the rainy country of Belize. He is currently in our chat room. So if you leave any of your comments on the chat room, we'll definitely discuss it during the episode. You just need a Twitter or a Facebook account to be able to uh, to log in. Anything Montreal Canadiens related? Could be the lineup changes about uh, the Canadians who are making for tonight's game. Any concerns for the Montreal Canadiens? Are you worried about anything? Are you happy with the coaches' moves in the ahead of today's games? Let us know. There's plenty of ways to uh, to reach us. And well, joining me today, he was the Canadians who were perfect when he was on the show. He took a two-week hiatus. Canadians have lost a couple of games here and there, so we brought him back in hopes to, uh, to make the Canadians go back into a perfect streak. He's the editor-in-chief and owner of the All Habs Network of Sites. Twitter handle is All Habs. Rick, how are you doing? I'm doing great, and it's great to know that I'm the uh, the Habs 360 official lucky charm for the Canadians. And uh, really glad to be back after uh, I was off on an 11-day road trip uh, shadowing the uh, St. John's Ice Cap, CHL affiliate of the Canadians. So it's great to be back with you. It's a pleasure to have you back, and we'll talk more about your trip uh, later on today's um, today's episode because you and uh, Amy Johnson from Mohabs.net definitely did a great job covering the team over uh, that span. So let's start. Montreal Canadiens on the ice played two games. They started off last Saturday against the Boston Bruins. Comes down low to Gallagher. Nobody in front yet. Lacanitz open over on the weak side. Too bad. Maybe a little tired, but uh, we emptied the tank in the third. We felt confident going into the, the third period that we can we can come back or just uh, kill uh, kill the other team uh, in the third, and uh, we did that again tonight. There's there's, there's a lot going on uh, going on there, throwing a lot of pucks at the net, and uh, the guys did a great job of blocking them, clearing them, and. Uh, Bending and but not breaking, so it was, uh, we were lucky to go to go into the second period, only one goal down. So we heard uh, the seventh goal of the season scored by Thomas Plekanec, and this this is a goal where there was a goal actually in net, so it was an empty net goal for Plekanec, so which is great. Canadians four two winners over the Boston Bruins, and we also heard from uh, David Dernay and uh, Michael Condon. And speaking of Plekanec, he tied. Uh, Gila point uh, on that game for the most games played in the Montreal Canadiens jersey. In fact, I should say he was he became tied for 23rd in Canadiens history. And 
it was the first time in franchise history that the Montreal Canadiens have won 13 of their first 16 regular season uh, games. So it's a great start for the Montreal Canadiens. And, well, this was a game where the Boston Bruins uh, undisciplined came to haunt them, but we'll talk about that later on uh, today's episode. Then Canadiens had a few days off. They invited the dads, and they, as a team, as a big Montreal Canadiens family, they flew to Pittsburgh for the Montreal Canadiens to face the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, well, unfortunately for the dads, the Canadians lost that game 4-3 to in a shootout in a game where it was 3-2 for the Montreal Canadiens after two periods, but they weren't able to uh, to finish finish it off. Let's hear a couple of post-game comments. It was it was a good game. You know, they got a lot of skill. They have a lot of speed. And, uh, you know, we weathered the storm for a long time in the, in the first, and then we dominated in the second. And, uh, you know, I thought we played well in the third. And a couple bad bounces there and, um, you know, tough break in overtime on the penalty. But... That's hockey, so it was, a, it was a fun, exciting game, and we're, uh, we're just going to take the point. That little extra, you know, step behind and, and being a little bit lackadaisical in the third, maybe sitting back on our heels a little bit too much, I, I think that might be the difference tonight. I think we got to realize that, you know, what everybody's, they're guiding for us, and we're going to have to play a full 60 minutes to, to beat any team, and um, going in the third period, we had the score that we wanted. We didn't get the result out of it. I mean... So we heard in order Mike Condon, Max Pacioretty, and uh, P.K. Subban. So Rick, in a game like on Wednesday night against the Pittsburgh Penguins where the Canadians had the lead after two periods of play, at, at one end they could be happy that they got a, at least one point during a road game, but I think at the same time they, it's a little disappointing that the way that they lost. I think that's right. Um, the... You know, I, I, there was a stat that was tweeted at the at the time. Um, something of, it was in the neighborhood of 37 games straight that the Pittsburgh Penguins hadn't been able to come back uh, when trailing after two, and um, um, the, the Canadians, you know, allowed that to happen. And, and um, so there there is some concern after the game. Charlterian uh, said, you know. We we picked up a point, but we've got some things to work on, and um, that was clear in that game. Um, Pittsburgh is a is a very good team, a very well coached team, um, but there's no reason that uh, they should have uh, the Canadians should have allowed them to to come back, and and they need to be a a, a team um, as as C.K. Subban said, all the teams because of that that quick early start, other teams are going to be gunning for them. Uh, and, um, you know, they, they had a big lead um, uh, about a week ago or so, and now um, with seven wins in a row, the as you said, the New York Rangers are hot on their heels. Um, so it's, yeah, it, they, there's there's some, some, some things they have to fix and uh, playing a little bit tighter in their own zone. And, and you know, um, Mike Condon's been good. Um, but he's not Carey Price back there, and uh, they have to do a better job um, preventing goals and, and, uh, and staying, staying, staying ahead of other teams, but also knowing how to shut them out. And they've been very good at that this year. They've been very good in the third period. This wasn't the case on Wednesday night. Uh, and one thing that I found disappointing as well 
is that this in the second period of that game, Canadians dominated the Pittsburgh Penguins. Canadians were out shooting them, uh, out shot them, I should say, thirteen to one. So it was all over. Montreal Canadiens outplaying them, but then something must have happened between the second and uh, the third period, and the third Penguins took a seventeen to ten lead in the shots. And that led to the Penguins beating the uh, the Habs four to uh, to three. And in terms of on ice, that was all the games the Canadians played. The next one, like I mentioned tonight, against the uh, Colorado Avalanche at uh, the Bell Center. But well, as we know, for the Montreal Canadiens, there's always uh, things happening off the ice. And while we spoke about it, I spoke about it a bit last week, it is in regards to uh, Carey Price's uh, injury. Let's hear more from the coach. This was prior to the game against the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. You know what, Carey were responding uh, fairly to treatments, and he was worried a little bit. And um, I want to make sure the... uh, Tanyanis from from the, our, our doctors was the same, and he went to New York yesterday. And um, the good news is uh, um, it's the same thing the doctor in New York said than a doctor in Montreal. So uh, those things happen, you know. Athletes respond to uh, treatment differently, and uh, that's good for him mentally. There's no worry. Uh, he should be back on the ice. Uh, he's not going to play this week, obviously. And uh, we hope that he's going to be able to get on the ice uh, pretty soon. So, uh, But this is a good news. So, Carey Price was on the ice this morning in Brossard for about uh, half an hour uh, before the Canadiens practice. And from, what, from, from the reports, he was wearing only the equipment in, on, his, uh, on his lower body. So, I guess it seems that he should be back sooner than later. We haven't gotten any updates uh, besides the one that we just played from the coach, Michel Tain. I think we should be having another update within uh, the next uh, couple of days. So, Rick, the whole context around the situation was uh, a couple of, I would say probably two weeks ago, the the Canadians announced that Carey Price will miss, was given a week off for a lower body injury. And then the day where the update should have been due, the Canadians took the day off from the media. And then the following day, we found out that Carrie Price was on a plane heading to New York to get a, uh, a second opinion on, on whatever his injury was. He came back. We heard the update over here. But we still don't know what's wrong with, uh, with Carrie Price do you think it's important for the Canadians to be a little bit more transparent, to give us a little bit clear update on the status of Carey Price? Well, first, uh, all credit to to the organization and to Carey Price and to the people surrounding Carey Price that nothing has leaked out. I mean, it, that's a pretty hard thing to do in this day and age uh, with with all the media sources and the the the. Uh, you know, social media and, and all of that, it's, it's tough to keep it under wraps. We don't know if it's a knee. We don't know if it's a groin. We don't know what the problem is. Um, and I, I know there's been some griping by the media about uh, they should be more uh, forthcoming about the injury, but, but why? Um, 
it's not in their interest to do so. Um, their their sole goal is to win games, to uh, have to put their players in the best possible position to win, to help their players if they get injured, to recover, and to protect them when they come back. They have no reason, they have no obligation to um, let anybody know what the injury is. And I give them, I, I you know, we'd like to know. Um, but I give them credit for keeping it, it under wraps. Um, and it is very stealthy, um, as you, you said. The, when it was originally announced, they said it would be a maximum of a week. The only reason it would be a week is because he was being put on injured reserve because of, uh, and he had to stay on, if once put on injured reserve, he had to stay out a week. And that was only done for roster reasons. So they made it sound very minimal. You know, he would be back right away. But it hasn't. It's lingered. It hasn't, um, he hasn't recovered the way he would like to as quickly. Uh, and now we're into two weeks and, and beyond. Uh, so there's something going on there. Um, you know, first and foremost, make sure he's not rushed back. We don't need him to re-injure something and put him out for a lengthy period of time. And, um, you know, for now, Condon's doing fine. He's holding the fort. Um, and he comes back. And, uh, but to answer your, your, your main question, it's a bit frustrating for fans, for media, but I don't see any obligation for the Canadians to do anything other than what they're already doing right now. So we'll definitely keep you posted on any news uh, regards to, uh, to Carey Price. Uh, Michael Condon, like Rick mentioned, he's done a great job holding the, the fort uh, during the uh, Carey Price's injury. Last week, he was named the third star of the week in the NHL. He had a record of 2-0-1 with a 1.66 goals against average and a 9.34 save percentage. And, well, one thing that we found out is that we found out of Michael Condon is that he's bad at shootouts. I don't think he's stopped one so far in uh, since the start of the season. Every attempt, it was a game earlier in the season against the Senators. He allowed them all, and it was the same thing as well um, this week. Uh, other lineup news for the Montreal Canadiens for tonight's game against the uh, the Colorado Avalanche, Alexi Emelin is out due to a, a lower body injury, so he will not be playing. And taking his spot will be Craig Patterson. So we're going to talk about Patterson uh, later on when Rick tells us about his uh, trip uh, visiting the uh, the Ice Caps. But Rick, if you look at it now, mostly from the Jared Tenorti side, if I'm putting the pieces together in a puzzle, example, father-son trip, uh, Jared Tenorti's dad, Mark Tenorti, he didn't make it to uh, the trip. He was the, the only dad missing. Craig Patton was sent for conditioning stint. Jared Tenorti wasn't. And, well, the coach said that he wasn't asked. Another thing that um, that is looked uh, by a lot of coaches is having left-handed sticks being the left side, right-handed sticks being on the right side. So if you think of that theory, Technically, since Alexi Amelin is out, you'd probably see Jared uh, Tenorti playing, and well, that's not the case. So, Rick, I'm starting to think that Jared Tenorti 
I don't think he'll even play one game with the Canadians unless they get really desperate. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not as pessimistic. I, I think that, um, you know, it's, it's always good to have serviceable um, NHL defensemen, and um, an, one injury, uh, a lengthy injury, could change this whole picture pretty radically. And um, I know that, that um, you know, people tried to make it a big – there was a rumor out that, that Tenorti had refused a conditioning stint. I, I can't imagine that. And, and you know, uh, as as you said, Terrian debunked that whole thing. I think um, whatever reason, for whatever reason, um, the, the media uh, fans like to hate on Jared Tenorti. Um, he's a good defenseman. He works hard. Um, he's, he's trying to keep ready when he gets his opportunity. Um, he hasn't had the confidence shown to him like other, um, uh, defensemen in the system. I, you know, if I was a GM, I would, I would more likely be looking to move a Tom Gilbert, um, and, 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 uh, Jared Tenorti then slides right into, um, that slot, um, Gilbert can play both sides, uh, so it's not it's not really a big deal um, there about uh, handedness. Um, I, I and pa- Paterin is clearly, you know, he he had the conditioning stint. He's clearly more ready than Tenorti. So um, let, let's let's be patient on this and see how it plays out um, before we we get too trying to read too much into the the very little information that's there um, in. Uh, in assuming that one player is, is out of the plans for the Canadians or not. Well, one thing I'm starting to think about it as well, it's it's 17 games in the season, so it's almost a quarter in the, in the season, and he, he hasn't played. So that's a, it's a long time not to play a game. And at least Pattern, he got sent down to the, uh, to the ice caps to play. He played three games or whatever the, the amount was. If Jared Norrie doesn't get sent down for a conditioning stint in the near future, like how good is it for uh, for him for his personal uh, development, not playing and sitting in the press box for a quarter of the season or more? It's not good. It's it's awful. It's it's difficult, as Greg Patteron said. Um, you know, you can keep ready in practice, and but it, there's nothing like playing a game. Um, and it's it's not good for Jared Tenorti, and I imagine if it goes on much longer, he will be sent uh, for a conditioning stint. Um, but that's uh, you know, uh, Michelle Terrian is a peculiar coach. He he plays his favorites. We see what's happened with with Semin, um, but based on injuries, and you know, sometimes you're forced to 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 play the players that that. Um, you know, you don't have as high in, in, in your your personal favor. Um, but if that player comes in, if Semin comes in now and, and uh, performs, uh, Terrain has has no reason other than to keep him in, and the same thing could happen with Tenorti. We'll, we'll see. I, I think it's best just to be patient, see how it plays out. Yeah, so we'll definitely keep our eyes open for, for that situation as uh, as well. We're going to take our first break. Still to come on uh, this episode, we have our Ice Caps report in the third segment. 
But coming up next, we'll be talking about our winners and our losers of the week. You can let us know who yours are via Twitter at Tabs360. And you can also reach us toll-free at 1-877-455-4945. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the St. John's Ice Caps or the Brampton Beast more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. And now it's time for this week's Winners and Losers on Hams 360. All right, welcome back to the November 14th edition of Hams 360. I'm Chris G at Chris G1980, along with uh, Rick Stevens. Twitter handle is uh, All Habs. So don't forget, you can reach us for the entire episode, 1-877-455-4945. We'll be talking some ice caps later on today's episode. So if you have any ice cap questions, let us know, and we'll definitely answer them in uh, the uh, next segment. So, well, we heard the uh, the intro, and, well, it's time for our winners and our losers of the week. So Rick is back, so he's going to tell us who his nominees are. And, well, we'll begin with this week's losers. Go ahead, Rick. Losers are always fun to, to, to start with. Um I, uh, we're we're going to add one in. We're going to add um, uh, Michelle Perrion as a nominee. He's not going to get the award this week, but but given that uh, uh, Alex Semin is uh, back in the lineup today, we're going to we're going to toss a nomination to uh, Michelle Perrion just for his uh, treatment of exiling 
um, Alex Simmons to the press box. Um, and the, you know, he, he loves to rotate those uh, fourth liners in and put them into roles that they're not capable necessarily of fulfilling on a long-term consistent basis. We saw that again with uh, Byron, Devonta Smith-Pally, Brian Flynn, um, all who were uh, underwhelming in their performance on the second line and really uh, dragged down um, what, ha- what had been a good performance from Jacenia Cornella. Um, so um, we're, we're going we're gonna to toss a nomination that way. Um, the, the rest of the, the, the loser nominations, um, we're going to look back to the, to the Boston game last Saturday. And, man, there was a lot of candidates that came from that. Um, we had um, David Krejci, who took three penalties, three minors in the game, but, but took that one costly penalty um, that, that really cost the the, uh, the Bruins the game when Thomas Pocanitz got under his skin and, and there was a, a retaliation penalty. Um, there was uh, uh, the the whole Ronaldo Beaulieu incident that happened at the end. Um, you know, we could permanently put for all the things he's done in the league. Uh, uh, Zach Ronaldo on this list, um, just one of those players you really like to see out of the league. Um, and I think Claude Julien deserves a nomination for putting him on the ice in the last minute of the game within a, you know, a, a close game. But he's, he's done that before. Uh, Claude Julien has a history of, of trying to stir things up in the last minute of the game. So uh, Claude will get a nomination there. But and uh, the go ahead. the the whole Zach Ronaldo incident happened with about uh, 17 seconds in uh, the game, and after the game, before you go on, Rick, uh, the coach was asked what his uh, thoughts were on that, and well, let's hear him. It's, it's, it's another case that um, we know Ronaldo, what type of player he is, and. Um, I didn't see the review, but from behind the bench, he was just trying to protect himself, you know. And uh, you see guys like that coming with 30 seconds left in the game. Your first instinct is to protect yourself. And that play, Rick, was also reviewed for a supplemental disciplinary because of the match penalty that was awarded by the uh, officials. And, well it was decided that no suspension is given to Nathan Bollier, and I'm sure a lot of it had to do because it was Zach Ronaldo that got the hit. If it would have been somebody else, we the conversation may have been different. There was even some debate about whether that should have been a match penalty at the end, but, but let's, let's say that the officials in that game uh, last Saturday made uh, it, it was it was just an awful performance. The, the NHL should be completely embarrassed by the performance of the two referees in that game. Um, and not, not just for that one incident. Um, they're going to get the, the, the referee that's going to get the top spot, the loser of the week, is TJ Luxmore. And it, it, you have to be exceptionally bad to make Chris Lee look good. Chris Lee is an awful <laughs> referee. But T.J. Luxmore in that game was worse. 
he was awful. And I understand he's, he's got limited experience in the NHL, but my goodness, if he's at that level, if he's at the NHL level, he needs to be much, much better. There was phantom penalties all over the place. The, the diving by the Bruins was unbelievable. Uh, Claude Julien's going to have to take back that statement about, um, you know, he said um, uh, that the Bruins don't dive or else, uh, you know, if they do, they they get punished and they never do it again or something like that a year or so ago. Anyway, he has to take back that statement because the, the Bruins were diving all over the place and, and Mr. Luxmo was falling for it. The, uh, the fandom penalties, but then the waved off goal um, was just a brutal call. Um, and um, it's, uh, I, I guess a reputation call with Gallagher, but um, you know you had Chera riding riding him uh, all through the crease. There, it was just a terrible call, and uh, so for 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 many reasons, uh, C.J. Luxmore um, is going to get our loser of the week. So I don't know if congratulations is in order for this this award, but I guess <laughs> congratulations to uh, T.J. Uh, Luxmore. Before we move on to uh, the winners, Rick, I want to go back to your first uh, nominee, which is uh, Michel Terrier, and not exactly maybe speak about him, but in order for Alex Semin to get into the lineup, uh, Paul Byron is a player that got uh, removed. And while we haven't, uh, we you haven't been on uh, the on Habs 360 since Paul Byron played his first game with the Habs. Uh, how have you found found them so far in the Canadian's uniform? I, I think that that Paul Byron's, uh, you know, um, met expectations. Um, he's um, he's his blazing speed is his his uh, main talent, uh, main contribution. Um, he's a good penalty killer. Um, you know, offensively, as as the people in Calgary described him. Uh, last year, he's not pretty to watch, and and he missed. You know, there's that uh, YouTube uh, video of every single breakaway chance that he missed. But with a little confidence and playing with a good team, he's he's buried two of those uh, shorthanded breakaway uh, chances that he got. So, all credit to Paul Byron. However, just because you know he he performs well on the fourth line, it doesn't mean he's a second liner. So I think. That's always the temptation that when somebody performs adequately or performs very well in a fourth line situation, that the rush is to move them into um, a role that they're just not capable of doing or, or comfortable with. And I think we saw that when Byron was promoted to the to the second um, line, he just he just doesn't have it. Um, but but good for him, fourth liner. He's he's been great. Okay. For a goal, win the game. That's it. Uh, so that was uh, very basic what uh, Alex Hammond said when he joined the Canadians. Score goals, win the game. And the second line, Rick, of uh, Eller Galchenyuk and now Alex Semin, it's it's got to work because as of right now, the, the duo of Eller Galchenyuk and whoever's played on their wing, they, they haven't been... Uh, that's successful, and we've seen it. We saw it in the game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Even the opposing teams, they're putting their, let's say, their second-best defensive pairing against the Dernier line and not 
with the uh, Galtrenic line? Yeah, I think that um, I, I know it was it was it, it, it's no no secret that Michelle Karen coaches by emotion, um, and he doesn't like them, and he doesn't like the kind of game he plays. He doesn't like that he can turn it on and then he he you know takes a couple shifts off. I understand that, but um, when you look at the possession uh, charts um, that that Eller, Galchenyuk, Salmon were dominating possession. They weren't necessarily getting the production that, that we hoped, but um, it was there. It was waiting to happen because their possession was off the charts, leading the team, in fact. And as soon as Salmon was removed from that line, it cratered. Um, both Galchenyuk and Eller were affected with these fourth liners coming on and not being able, didn't have the chemistry, didn't have the style of play, didn't necessarily have the uh, uh, skill to fit in, and um, you know he's really affected that. So um, I, I think that that uh, Terry's got to show a little bit more patience with them. And you know, if you want to send him a message, take him out of game. But the putting him up in the press box for as long as he did hurt the team. Even though they continued, you know, on a good trajectory, it hurt the team. Yeah. Uh- I agree. Like I haven't been a big fan of Salmon uh, from the way that he's played, but considering this roster, uh, Salmon has to be one of the top six forwards. All respect to uh, Devante Smith-Pelly. All respect to Brian Flynn, who played there at one point, and all my respect to Paul Byron. But those three guys—they're not top six forwards, and they—they they don't belong in that uh, in that slot. Okay. So let's move over now and start talking about the winners of the week. Gladly. Um, we're going to toss a winning nomination to um, Larry Robinson, um, one of the greatest defensemen in Canadian history. Um, in the last week, Larry Robinson is on Twitter. Um, he's embraced social media. Uh, he has a, an official account. I think he's only tweeted once or twice, and it was at a, an autograph signing, a picture of himself at an autograph signing. But Larry Robinson is on Twitter, and, and uh, I like that. It's a winner, he, um, <laughs> and he deserves a mention. Um, Mike Condon obviously deserves a mention. Um, as we said before, he's not Price. Um, you know, rebound, hmm, we don't know. Lateral movement, hmm. Um, shootout awful um, but what I like about him is his poise his confidence uh, doesn't let let uh, the goals bother him goals against bother him um, you know he's done more than, than the Canadians could have asked uh, and and, and uh, in, when I saw the first goal go against him against in the Pittsburgh Penguins game 13 seconds in I thought that that's it. That's where this hot run for Mike Condon would end. And it didn't. Like you said, he kept calm. It's like he forgot about that and played solid for the rest of the game. Yeah, well, that, that's, uh, you, that's exactly where I was going. Cause, um, the, uh, you know, 13 seconds in, the deplete goal, a beautiful pass across from, from Crosby, that could be really deflating. But he, he played really well after that. Um, and um, uh, you know you you have to give him him uh, all kinds of credit. 
Um, we're going to toss a nomination to Thomas Placanitz just because he just contributes in so many, in so many You know, he had an assist on goal in the, in the Pens game. He had a goal in the Boston game. Um, he was the one that, that really incited Krejci to take that penalty, bad penalty, and cost the Bruins the game. Um, say so, whatever it is, is, uh, is very underrated um, and uh, just finds a way to contribute uh, every single game. Um, and, and is, you know, I think underappreciated by, uh, by many of the fans. Um, which brings us to our, uh, those are our nominees, but which brings us to our winner. Um, and we have a bit of a, an ice caps theme going here. Um, the ice caps had a, as we mentioned, had a six game road trip, uh, long road trip through Pennsylvania, uh, playing the Lehigh Valley Phantoms twice, Hershey Bears twice, and the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins twice. They didn't have such a great, uh, um, uh, road trip and going into the sixth game, their last game against Hershey, they had won uh, just one time. And um, early on in the game, they were down two goals in the first period. Um, and um, I, I believe it was Charles Sudan took a bad penalty and they were on the, the penalty kill. Um, and Mike McCarron, um, who was outstanding throughout the, the six games, got the puck in his own end on the, on the penalty kill. Uh, people complain about his skating, but if you see the clip, he skated the entire length of the ice, uh, went around the defenseman, wicked shot, fired it in, and um, came around the back of the net, arms outstretched, um, and uh, celebrated. Um, unfortunately, there was only one referee, um, for whatever reason, in the game, he was slow, caught back up in the ice. He didn't see the puck hit the mesh and go in and back out very quickly. Um, so the play continued on. Play went down, back into the Canadian zone. Hershey scored on the power play. It's 3 nothing. Um, they asked to go to the video review, and the referee didn't go to the box for the video review. He came over to the ice cap bench and said, oh, forgot to tell you, uh, the video review system went down uh, a few minutes ago, and I thought it would take too much time to reboot it, so it's not working. We don't have any video review. Um, the Canadians, or the ice caps bench was furious. Sylvain Lefebvre was uh, red. He said afterwards he had to, it took him 10 minutes to get rid of his furnace space. Um, it was a two-goal swing. Um, Rather than being down two to one, it was three nothing uh, early in the first period, and on an obvious missed call, bad call um, uh, by the officials. Well, um, the Ice Caps dug down, and they came back, and they won that game in overtime, uh, one four three. It was an uh, unbelievable character win, great way to end the road trip, which had been difficult. And for that, for the character they showed um, and coming together as a team, facing adversity, facing um, some bad uh, officiating, we're going to give the St. John's Ice Caps the winner of the week. And now we're going to hear to uh, Lefebvre's 
comments after that game, courtesy of Rick and Amy from the uh, Ice Caps report. Well, you know, they, uh, they're a good team, too. They're a good team. You know, they play well, uh, you know, offensively, you know, where they, they work the top really well around the blue line with, you know, with a forward coming high in the two Ds. So they're tough to defend against. Uh, having said that, you know, I'm really proud of my uh, my team, you know, the way they reacted, uh, the adversity that we faced in the first period. Uh, you know, it was a two-goal swing there with that uh, goal disallowed. Or it was kind of a weird thing, and I'm really proud of the way they uh, they reacted and and uh, you know to come up with a win like that you know on at the end of the road trip and then you know to me it was a TSN turning point you know, on the trip and always. So there you go, even Lefebvre giving some props to uh, TSN there with uh, the turning point. So congratulations to the Ice Caps winning the award for winner of the week. And well, on the other side of the break, Rick will tell us more about his recent trip following the ice caps over the last couple of weeks. I will also go to, uh, we'll talk about our true or false segment. I will be reading your tweets and your comments. This is the Habs 360 podcast featured on allhabs.net. Habs 360 is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. If you missed a recent episode of the Habs 360 podcast, visit the podcast page on allhabs.net or search Habs 360 on iTunes for our archives. Want to make sure you never miss another episode? Subscribe to Habs 360 on iTunes and all new episodes will automatically download for you. Frameworth, exclusive supplier and distributor of autograph products for some of the best hockey players in the world, including Carey Price, Sidney Crosby, Jonathan Taves, John Tavares, and Alex Galchenyuk. Thanks to Frameworth, Habs 360 listeners can receive free shipping on any order. Shop online at frameworth.com and type in Habs 360 at checkout. Frameworth is an official licensee of the NHL, NHLPA, Hockey Canada, CFL, and the Hockey Hall of Fame. For more information, visit Frameworth.com. Vesto Resto Bar and Grill wants you to come and sample the food that you have been accustomed to. Pizzas, subs, barbecue chicken, ribs, burgers, pasta, hand-cut smoked meat, and so much more. Service has been and will continue to be personal and friendly. Staff and management are committed to providing you with quality and quantity. You'll be surrounded by numerous televisions, including a video wall for all Habs games and sporting events, and a full-service bar where you can unwind after work to meet old friends and make new ones. Zesto Resto Bar is located at 690 St. Catherine West and is open for breakfast seven days a week. For more information, visit the website at zestoresto.com or call 514-395-8555. This is the Habs 360 podcast, featured on allhabs.net. This edition of the Ice Caps Report is brought to you by IceCapsHockeyReport.com, your premier source for the St. John's Ice Caps, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. 
IcecapsHockeyReport.com is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. All right, so welcome back to uh, Hab360. I'm Chris G at uh, Chris G1980 on Twitter, along with Rick Stevens. And we heard in the opening that was the kind of music that Rick was cruising down uh, the East Coast <laughs> to follow the uh, the ice caps on the road. So, Rick, uh, we know Craig Patterson. He's starting off. Uh, he's playing his first game in the NHL. Uh, tonight against the uh, Colorado Avalanche, but he was sent down for a conditioning stint with the uh, with the Ice Caps. Played three games, and well, if you're looking at the stat sheet, like uh, like myself, because I didn't watch the games, I was only able to get it through uh, the game reports. But if you look at the stat sheet, it looks uh, he finished the record of minus six. Is is a minus six a good indication of how you played? Um, I, I don't think so. Um, you know, I, I think it's fair to say that uh, he played three games. He, he played uh, two games against Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, Penguins. Um, should know that the, that's the best team in the league, and, and uh, they are very good. Um, that's a that's a very strong uh, team. Um, and also played against the Hershey Bears, who um, are are a good team as well. Um, I have to say that his first game, um, he was uh, trying to do a bit too much. He was chasing the puck, um, which put himself out of position a bit. Um, asked him about that after the game, and he he admitted, yes, he was he was definitely chasing the puck. Um, and um, you can find that there, we we have the interviews at uh, IcecapsHockeyReport.com. Um, there's some there's some great video there from a number of the players, but I think after that first game he he settled in and uh, he was much more comfortable, much more effective. Um, he was playing uh, he was playing a lot of minutes. Uh, he was playing both the power play and the penalty kill, um, and I th- I think he was was pretty effective. Um, um, but it 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 took that at least. I, I would say a game and a half for him um, to get his his rhythm back, his pace, and 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 his judgment about um, when to when to step in and, and when to back off. Um, so I think it was a val- valuable trip for him. Um, yeah, he he himself had um, you know when we saw him after the game on Saturday, he had a nice bag on his his ankle. Um, I think he blocked the shot. Um, but uh, I think it was a, a worthwhile experience for him, and, and it, it will help him as he moves into the, the lineup for the Canadians tonight. The next question comes from uh, Wayne in uh, Belize. He writes, what do you think of a short call-up for McCarran to play with uh, Eller and Galchenyuk? Would it not give him some exposure experience and see how far he has come along? Well, I, it's it's uh, it's a good question. Um, I, I think that that uh, it's a, probably a better idea to um, uh, to do that maybe later. And if you're going to call him up, you might want to call him up for not just a couple of games, but but for uh, you know ten or twelve games. Um, on the road trip, Mike McCarron was the best forward, the, the best player on the, the Ice Caps by far, by a long margin. Um, he was um, he 
as well played uh, both power play penalty kill. Um, the, the 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 top lines got switched. Um, Charles Houdon and Sven Andragado were both very quiet on the uh, on the uh, the road trip. They had been the first line with uh, Bud Holloway. Um, Holloway was bumped up uh, to the line with Daniel Carr and with Mike McCarron, and and they were they were the top line. They were very very good, very um, intimidating, very strong. Uh, and Mike McCarron, um, he's playing center. He's he's winning faceoffs. Um, he's, uh, you know, in front of the net. Um, he had one fight. Um, believe it or not, he had a fight against Tom Kostopoulos. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, who is the captain, the captain of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. Um, it, um, yeah, it was, he is, uh, if there's any prospect to be called up, he's the one. Uh, it just might not be the right time uh, just yet. Uh, let him stay where he is and, and get a bit more experience, I think. Uh, what about another player that uh, we've seen in Montreal? We saw him last year finish off the season. Uh, I know he's one of your favorites. You've been following him for for many years uh, with the Canadians organization, uh, Jacob uh, Delarose. Dilla Rose, um, when at the beginning of the road trip, was playing on the third line, and he was he was uh, primarily put in a defensive shutdown role. He played the penalty kill. Actually, he was matched with uh, Mike McCarron on the penalty kill. Uh, Dilla Rose asking uh, Sylvain Lefebvre, asking him, um, you know, about him. He said he that he really likes his game. He likes that he's able to put him out there on either left wing or center. He played, I guess, about half the games uh, at at you know either position. Um, he likes that he's very strong on faceoffs uh, at the center position, um, and he liked him so much that uh, in the last two games, I believe, of the road trip, he was bumped up to center, um, the struggling second line. Uh, moving Charles Houdon away from the center position to left wing uh, with Sven Andergetto on the right side, um, and they were they were much more effective with um, Delarose at um, at the center position. Uh, in the last game against Hershey, he had a lower body injury. He was hobbling around uh, the dressing room after after the game. Uh, had a bit of a brace. Uh, he's he's day to day. No report on exactly what his injury is, but he was not in the lineup last night when the uh, Ice Caps faced the Marlies. Um, but he's he's a player that's um, you know not excited to be where he is. Uh, when we interviewed him, he said that the the demotion came as a shock. Uh, he, he it was still a shock. Uh, you know, you could see it on his face when we interviewed him. But he's doing everything he can to uh, get back to the Canadians, and uh, was playing pretty well before the injury. And even before his uh, his call up, there was um, I guess the action was split between Zachary Fukali and Dustin uh, Tukarski. Uh, what did you think about uh, Fukali when you were when you saw him? You're right. They were splitting games, um, uh, both Tukarski and and Fukali. Um, Since uh, Tukarski got called up, uh, Eddie Pasquale was was called up from um, 
ECHL, Brampton Beast. Uh, Pasquale um, got called in on re a relief assignment against Wilkes-Barre-Scranton when uh, uh, Fucali gave up three goals on three shots uh, in a three-minute span early in the second period. And then Pasquale started that next game, and it was, was, uh, he was good. Uh, Fucali, um, he has uh, periods of, of brilliance. Um, he's... he's uh, you know he's he's very good, and at other times uh, there's just a, an inconsistency, and it's it's normal, I guess, um, as he adjusts to the to the speed, to the releases, to to uh, everything about uh, the AHL and his new pro career. Um, he has a tendency of he's he's not a small goalie, but he has a tendency of making himself very small in the net, uh, and. He, the scouting report is obviously out on him. Uh, teams tend to go high, uh, go glove side, and he's beaten quite often um, there on, um, you know, long shots. You know, he'll make spectacular saves in close and, and then give up a soft uh, goal. And um, I, th I think it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's partly mental um, and it's partly his... Uh, his positioning um, last night in against the Marlies back in St. John's, he was tremendous for, for the entire game. And then the two goals that he gave up to allow the Marlies to, to tie it, you know, the, 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 the one goal, he went sliding through the crease and put himself behind the goal line outside of the net. And it was an easy goal for the Marlies. And the other one was one of those uh, uh, shots that beat him high. Um, you know, this is his. This is his year. He had a rough year last year. This is his bounce back year. Um, this is this is his chance to prove that he is an NHL caliber. Uh, he's on the path to being an NHL caliber goalie, um, and um, he's 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 on track. Uh, his numbers aren't great right now. Um, you know, his, his goals against uh, prior to last night's game over three. He has a save percentage about 901. Um, he he needs to be better. The the ice caps are giving up way too many goals. Um, but he's he's it's a process, and he's on that that uh, that road. Um, what what we have to be careful of is, you know, can, Canadians fans and their expectations. The way that goes, uh, wondering about rushing him into the to 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 the to a backup role or whatever he's still a good two or three years away from that and uh, just to finish off now the uh our ice caps report is there any other player that we which i've already spoken about that stood out for you either for good or bad reasons um let me just touch on a couple of them quickly bud holloway is uh i think he's second in points in uh the ahl um he's got four goals and 12 assists um, not a name we know, um, came from the, the LA Kings organization, played in Europe. Great playmaker, really strong playmaker. Um, not so great in his own end uh, for checking, um, but he's, he's, he's a veteran. Uh, and on the youngest team in the league, which the Ice Caps are, he's, he's providing some leadership, as is uh, Eric Nielsen. Um, Nielsen is a 31-year-old vet of the AHL, um, an enforcer, and he's bringing good leadership. Um, 
I've often asked about Mark Barbario. Uh, Mark Barbario skates wonderfully. He's very smooth. He, he moves the puck up the ice. Uh, his decision-making is not very good. His passing is not very good. So I doubt we see him anytime soon. Uh, Brett Lernout is a really exciting prospect. He's really raw right now, but he's going to be a good one. Uh, I liked his play a lot, as well as Darren Dietz um, on the back end. Um, the Canadians, you know, a lot's made of their offensive prospects, but they do have some defensive prospects as well. And the last player I'll mention is Daniel Carr. Um, he's the kind of player that the, he's a magnet to the puck. He's always around the puck. He he finds ways of being in the right place at the right time. Uh, he's someone that could be worthy of a call-up and fit just about anywhere from the fourth to the second line. Um, he makes the, the the players around him, he he's determined, makes them better. He's determined. Um, he's a, He's a very exciting player to watch. All right, so so great work by yourself, Rick and Amy Johnson, and their complete coverage. We can see it on, well, see it, read it, hear it, because there's some video clips, there's some audio clips, there's some written. So it's very multimedia. You could do that on the website uh, icecapshockeyreport.com. Uh, True or false? Get the answers now on Habs 360. Well, it's the return of uh, true or false after a two-week hiatus. We'll, we'll have time to uh, talk about... Uh, it'll be one statement for this week's episode. And, well, it'll be in regards to the Canadians' upcoming games. They have four games until our next episode against the Avalanche, the Canucks, the Coyotes, and uh, the Islanders. And, Rick, I'll let you go first. Uh, true or false, the Canadians will get at least six points this week? Um, no, I'll say false on that. Um, yeah, there's some, some cracks opening, and, and I think they'll have a good week. Um, but it's another one of those awkward schedules where there isn't a Saturday night game, and I say that um, prior to our next uh, broadcast, um, they won't get six points. So to be different, I'll say it's true. We saw Carey Price on the ice. Uh, today, so I'm banking that maybe in one of the two games at the end of the week, because the Canadians are playing back-to-backs on Thursday and Friday, that well maybe we'll see Carey Price in one of those two games. Because if we don't, we'll have to see Dustin Tokarski. I don't think anybody wants uh, to see that uh, <laughs> with a bunch of Canadians. Uh, Rick, why don't you tell us about the? Uh, a fundraising campaign going on with the Allhabs team right now? Well, it's the month formerly known as November. We've, uh, you know, it's been renamed Movember. Um, there's uh, lots of ways to help, either by growing a mustache or uh, by uh, involving yourself in a fitness challenge. Um, the Allhabs team is very supportive of, of uh, Movember and in, in its fundraising to contribute to the, the men's health. Um, and we'd really love your support. If you go to november.co, november.co, and uh, the backslash is all um, hyphen tabs hyphen hockey hyphen magazine, uh, you can either join our team and join the fitness challenge, join, uh, you know, grow yourself a mustache, um, or uh, you can contribute uh, and every dollar helps. We'd really love, love your help for the November campaign. So yeah, it definitely is a uh, a great cause. 
So Canadians playing four games, like I mentioned, starts off tonight, a, a 7 o'clock start against the Avalanche, a game that could be seen coast-to-coast on the Sportsnet and the TVA Sports. Uh, the rest of the games this week can be seen in French on RDS. Monday night, 7.30 Eastern. The Canucks are in town. Will the Canadians be able to get the revenge following the for for ending the Canadians' perfect start in the season? A game that could also be seen on the Sportsnet East. Thursday night and Friday night, both these games are at 7.30 Eastern starts. On Thursday, the Arizona Coyotes are in town. A game that could be seen on uh, City Montreal. And on the Friday, Canadians are in New York to face, well, I should say Brooklyn to face the Islanders. That game could be seen on uh, Sportsnet East. Uh, before we go, we have a, a couple of comments via social media. First one comes from uh, Todd Steen from uh, Martinsville, Saskatchewan. He writes, give Semin another chance, and Perrin was strong in the playoffs last year, deserves a spot. So he's definitely in agreement with the the, uh, the changes in today's game. And so is uh, Joseph, who tweets us from Winnipeg, Manitoba. He writes, uh, they are good changes by uh, the coach. And next tweet comes from Peter Vopsis, who says that uh, in regards to his concerns, he's worried that too many fans get stressed out. Lots of hockey to come. Don't worry. Be happy. And well, with the Canadian start that they've had so far this season, it's definitely easy to uh, to be happy. And the last comment comes from Wayne in Belize, who wrote on our chat room, would have loved to have seen both Tenorti and Paterin put in as number five and number six defensemen, sit Gilbert and give them protected minutes. So for that, Wayne, in theory, I agree with uh, with what you said. In my ideal team, I would have had Tenorti and Paterin both in from the uh, the start of the season. But considering how they've been played since the beginning of the season, and well, the fact that they've it would both be their first game tonight. I don't think it would have been a good decision to throw him in the lines, a a pairing. I think they would have been set up to fail if uh, if it's done today. But in theory, I definitely agree that it's probably a, a good decision to uh, to make. So thank you very much for your comment, Wayne, from rainy country of Belize. We really do appreciate everybody listening from anywhere around the world. Now we know Habs. The Habs Nation, Habs fans, the Habs family expands around the world. Rick, thank you very much, and nice to have you back. Yeah, it's great to be back. Hope uh, I can be that lucky charm for the Canadians this week. Well, it'll definitely be a great week if the Canadians manage to get all eight points. And another benefit of that is next week I can come here and tell you that I was right and you were wrong in our true or false (laughs) (laughs) segment. I, I know you love doing that. Yeah. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, everybody, for your comments. My name is Chris G, at Chris G, 1980, along with Rick Stevens at All Habs. We'll talk next Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern, for another edition. Have a good week. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs360 and visit allhabs.net.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.